Hey, I'm Christopher Schiefling, and this is Auscultation, a podcast in search of a humanities-based practice of healthcare. Thanks so much for joining. Today, we're listening to the sonnet, Oh, Could My Wandering Breeze Pinion Mind, by Henry DeRosio, an Indian poet and educator whose teachings on free thought and social justice inspired the young Bengal movement. Oh, could my wandering breeze pinion mind by Henry DeRosio. Oh, could my wandering breeze pinion mind true brotherhood in earth-born spirit find, one that might ever on unflagging wings companion me in my imaginings, one that from the earth could take its earthliness and robe it with the mind's own light, would bless the wheeling of existence. We should rise like wild twin comets hurrying through the skies, or swift as star shoots dart into the chasms of earlier planets. These enthusiasms which ceaseless glow in my volcanic brain, because unshared have ever brought me pain, and left my mind in dark, despairing mood to feel and think upon its solitude. Some thoughts on anxiety. There's plenty of room to argue that this poem is about anxiety. The sonnet centers on the narrator's thoughts, which are described as my wandering, breeze pinion mind, my imaginings, these enthusiasms, my volcanic brain, There's a sense of turbulence around these thoughts, and the penultimate line makes this unease explicit by describing how they left my mind in dark, despairing mood. DeRosio builds a sense of turmoil right off the bat with the disrupted rhythm of the first line. Traditionally, sonnets are written in iambic pentameter, which places emphasis on the second, fourth, sixth, eighth, intense syllables. This meter is often related to the human heartbeat. Lub-dub, lub-dub, lub-dub. However, the opening line here, at least by my reading, emphasizes the first, second, fourth, seventh, eighth, and tenth syllables. The appearance of two stressed syllables together, such as with the first two syllables, oh, could, and the seventh and eighth syllables, breeze, pinioned, is known as a spondee, and it creates a jarring sense of syncope, like premature heartbeats. This arrhythmia continues throughout much of the rest of the poem, with true brotherhood, earth-born spirit, wild twin comets, star shoots dart. We don't explicitly hear the reason for the narrator's worry. In contrast to many of Dorizio's other poems, that contemplate tragedies of social injustice and premature death, this poem makes no mention of a concrete event. Instead, it insists on the cerebral, mind, imaginings, enthusiasm, brain. Ultimately, these enthusiasms receive direct blame as they have ever brought me pain. In this way, the poem emphasizes 
that the narrator's suffering is all in the head. Moreover, these worries remain vague and scattered. They are wandering, breeze-pinioned, ceaseless, and volcanic. With these descriptions, it is easy to imagine the narrator in a fit of insomnia, with thoughts racing from one anxiety to another. I particularly love the seeming contradiction of the image of the breeze-pinioned mind. While pinioned usually conveys the grounded flight of a bird with cut wings, breeze-pinion creates the exact opposite sensation of being caught by the wind, tossed from one flight of fancy to the next, never to land. Without gravitating on specific worries, the narrator seems to suffer from generalized anxiety disorder. While not as prominent as the sense of generalized anxiety, one line adds existential distress to the differential diagnosis. The companion the narrator dreams up would bless the wheeling of existence, which suggests that currently the wheeling of existence is a source of suffering. Along these lines of thought, wheeling conveys a sense of purposeless movement, of spinning your wheels but going nowhere. Existential distress is common in patients with serious illness. While definitions and names vary, according to the Palliative Care Network of Wisconsin's Fast Facts, it is generally described as, quote, an incapacitating state of despair resulting from an inner realization that life is futile and without meaning. One component of existential distress is a sense of isolation and disconnection. This can stem from the distance created by the experience of illness, feelings of abandonment by God, the loneliness of death. Similarly, the poem concludes that, quote, these enthusiasms left my mind in dark, despairing mood to feel and think upon its solitude. Ending with its solitude, rather than saying my solitude, which is to say the solitude of the mind, creates another level of distance. The narrator, while swayed by the mind, is separate from it, and both are equally alone. This episode is brought to you by the diaphragm. It's not the strongest muscle in the body, and it's not as romantic as the heart or as acclaiming as the tongue, and it's only a sliver on the CT scan, but the diaphragm gives the breath of life. It both does what it's told and doesn't need to be told what to do. For the price of air, it can decrease cortisol and depression and increase energy and attention. So how about you say thank you to your diaphragm today? Some thoughts on therapy. The narrator has a keen and curious sense of what will soothe all this anxiety. Relief comes from connection. At first we hear true brotherhood, companion me, twin comments, which are put in sharp contrast to the closing lines where we hear unshared, left, solitude. DeRosio directly links mental anguish to the inability to share these enthusiasms. 
the clear implication is that discussing one's anxiety with another person will ease them. This may seem intuitive to listeners today who are used to cliches like get it off your chest and an abundance of cartoons of psychotherapists. However, this poem was published three decades before Sigmund Freud was born. The type of companion envisioned is peculiar. The narrator desires true brotherhood and earth-born spirit, one that from earth could take its earthliness and robe it with the mind's own light. Together, the narrator and this confidant would be like comets or shooting stars. With all these images, there is a union of ground and rock with light and sky. Comets and shooting stars are wonderful manifestations of this earth-born spirit, as they are interstellar rocks that light up the sky. The metaphorical interpretation of these images is the union of the body and the mind. There is growing recognition of the importance of leveraging the mind-body connection in the treatment of anxiety, which is most notable with therapies such as breathwork and progressive muscle relaxation. Unfortunately, despite presenting a clear vision of the treatment for anxiety, this therapy seems to be out of reach. The narrator wonders, could such a brotherhood be found? This implies uncertainty both about the accessibility of this treatment, but also about whether it exists at all. By ending the poem with thoughts left unshared and the mind left in solitude, DeRosio seems to confirm the narrator's doubt about the accessibility of this therapy. Moreover, in sharp contrast to the irregular rhythm of the rest of the poem, these last four lines have perfect iambic pentameter. Anxiety, it seems, is the natural state of affairs. Although we now have a wealth of evidence for psychotherapy for the treatment of anxiety, access to these treatments remains problematic. Even after the Affordable Care Act, one out of five people in the U.S. with mental health problems do not have access to usual care. Cost is an obstacle for more than half of patients, and stigma remains a significant barrier. Too many people are left in the same boat as the narrator, anxious and alone. Oh, could my wandering breeze pinion mind by Henry DeRosio. Oh, could my wandering breeze pinion mind true brotherhood in earth-born spirit find one that might ever on unflagging wings companion me in my imaginings, one that from the earth could take its earthliness and robe it with the mind's own light would bless the wheeling of existence. We should rise like wild twin comets hurrying through the skies, or swift as star shoots dart into the chasms of earlier planets. These enthusiasms which ceaseless glow in my volcanic brain, because unshared have ever brought me pain, and left my mind in dark, despairing mood to feel 
and think upon its solitude. Oh, Could My Wandering Breeze Pinion Mind by Henry de Rosio was first published in Fakir of Yungahira, a metrical tale and other poems, in 1828, and is now part of public domain. You can find show notes for this episode at anauscultation.wordpress.com, and you can send comments, suggestions, and questions to the Twitter handle at anauscultation or to the email anauscultation at gmail.com. Auscultation is produced and recorded on the ancestral home of the Ute, Cheyenne, and Arapaho peoples. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, follow, or share to help others find out about us too. Until next month, be kind and live the questions.